He that thinketh himself to stand, let him take care lest he fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from the epistle for today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Very often, a person will come, come to see me and tell me that they have not been going to Mass for several years. But they will quickly add, but I consider myself a good person. Or they might be telling me about their son or daughter who is dealing drugs. But they quickly add, but father, he or she is a good person. Well, I guess Mama Capone could say the same thing about her son, Al. A man came in once to see me and told me that he was in the habit of committing adultery when he was on a business trip, which was very often. But he added, but I am a good person. I pointed out that the Bible says that we're all sinners. And he agreed that he was a sinner. So I said, now you have told me two things about yourself. One is that you are a good person. Indeed, a very good person. And the other is that you are a sinner. Can I conclude, therefore, that you are saying to me that you are a very good sinner? We are all ontologically good because we exist. Even Satan, because he has existence, is ontologically good. But are we morally good? What makes us bad or good? One answer, which is quite widely accepted today, is from the new, from the night school of theology. The school bases all its morality on social effect. If what you do harms another person, it is wrong. If what you do harms, hurts no one else, it is good, or at least non-bad. We have victimless crimes, and now we have victimless sins. You'll not find this norm anywhere in the Bible or any teaching of the church or any writing of saint. C.S. Lewis compared this school of moral thinking to saying that the only responsibility the captain of a ship has is not to run into another ship. He wrote in Mere Christianity, What is the good of telling the ships how to steer so as to avoid all collisions? If, in fact, they are such crazy old tubs 
that they cannot be stirred at all. What is the good of drawing up on paper rules for social behavior if we know that in fact our greed, our cowardice, our ill temper, and self-conceit are going to prevent us from keeping them? Christ made it very simple about being moral beings, but what it means to be good. It means to love him totally. He said, if you love me, if you love me, keep then my commandments. Keep then my commandments. And while love of neighbor is one of his commandments, a most serious one, is not the only one. There's the Decalogue of Sinai, the Ten Commandments. He did did not come to repeal or obliterate the law, but to fulfill and perfect it. So our love of Jesus is manifested by obeying his laws. How how can we then disobey the laws at will and still claim to love the lawgiver? Jesus is the law. He is the Torah. He is the source of all moral norms. In him, the law was made personal. It took on flesh. Ezekiel, the prophet, prophesied that one day the law would not be written upon tablets of stone, as it was on Mount Sinai, but rather engraved on hearts of flesh of human beings. The moral law is now not simply an external precept to which we must conform. It is also and primarily an internal norm that I must follow. That norm comes from the core of my being, planted in me by Almighty God. St. Ignatius of Antioch said, The living waters speak within me. This internal law is not subjective. It is objective. As objective as the very person of the crucified and risen Jesus. The goal of our discipleship is, as St. Paul said, to put on the mind of Christ... When we think like Christ, when we act like Christ, speak like Christ, then we are being moral persons. And to the extent we do, we are good. We are moral beings. We create our moral identity as persons through what we do. Sinful actions are not things that just happen to us when bad things happen to good people. But today, 
That is how we treat them, as if the agent is completely separate from his actions. Human acts are the outward expressions of a person's choices and the disclosure or revelation of that person's moral identity, of his being as a moral being. Pope John Paul II wrote in his ascetical Veritatis Splendor, Human acts are moral acts because they express and determine the goodness of an evil or evil of the individual who performs them. In other words, good people do good things, bad people do bad things. As the Lord said, by your fruits you will know them. Christ taught that what constitutes us as morally good or bad persons is not some external law, but rather an internal one, one which is at the very core of our being. He rejected the belief that breaking the Mosaic law, the kosher rules, defiles a person, makes him bad. Rather, he said, what defiles a man comes from within a man. The choices he makes on the inside to contravene or obey the immutable law of God. And among the examples he gave were greed, fornication, and adultery. A further example of what was given by Christ when he said that a man who looks lustfully at a woman commits adultery against his wife, adultery in the heart, but adultery nonetheless. The man did not have intercourse with her, he did not, did not kiss her or touch her. He may not even know her. But he commits the sin, the mortal sin of adultery. Maybe lusts after her. But nobody got hurt. Or did they not? Those who say that if nobody gets hurt, then something cannot be wrong overlooks the basic beauty and peerless dignity of the human person made in the image and likeness of a mighty God. Each and every human person is created by God and redeemed by the blood of God's own Son. If a street person, a vagrant, were to drink lots of alcohol over a period of time, he would first be weakened, then debilitated. His organs would fail one by one. Then he'd be dead. But nobody else got hurt. Nobody? A few years ago, a college student from Ontario, Canada, 
was observing the rights of Beach Week in Daytona Beach, Florida. He drank all day and all night long. He was drinking in the morning. When he stumbled out under the balcony, which was on the 10th floor, and fell off and died. When the authorities notified his parents, their response was this. At least he was having fun when he died. Nobody else got hurt? What was destroyed was not a lump of flesh and bones, but a masterpiece of God who belonged not to himself, but to God. Nobody got hurt. A soul was lost. And that, my dear people, is the world's greatest tragedy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.